0: Welcome to A Couch Divided, where we draw a line between secular psychology and the biblical worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and myself, Nick Thomas.
1: All right, Nick, sit back and relax.
0: And if you can't, we need to talk about that.
1: <laughs> Prepare to be couched.
0: So, Dr. Robin Hall. That's me. That is you. <laughs> So, uh, doctor, what, to, what, to, what is your doctor in? <laughs> <laughs> what is your doctorate in? Are, are you a medical doctor? Can you work on me?
1: Um, I mean, I could, but you probably wouldn't want me to.
0: Why would I want you to?
1: <laughs> At least not in the surgical sense. So uh, my doctorate is in clinical psychology.
0: You're right. I don't want you to work on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Nick, you shouldn't be doing this podcast. With me, then. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I intend for both of us to work on each other. Um, But yeah, my training is in uh, clinical psychology and um, yeah, I guess that's really what we're here to do is bridge the gap between uh, secular psychology and Christian worldview and um, talk about some really necessary things that I think have been kind of glossed over or clouded um, really since, I mean, the inception of the church all the way back.
0: Right. and. That's why we call it a couch divided right there's a secular point of of counseling right Uh, they have their own worldview it's predicated upon usually evolutionary biology whereas the uh, Christian counselor needs to think about uh, the ontological foundations uh, and our convictions about that which is we are created in the image of God and God is the absolute and his word is our his word is our counsel. As Christ said, uh, sanctify them in your word. Thy word is truth, right? right. And uh, that word sanctified means to be transformed, to be conformed to Christ's image, and that's what we want to accomplish through all of our ailments, sufferings, traumas, depressions, uh, and the like, anxieties, right. and the uh, and the like. Uh, there.
1: So we realize that we're we're tackling a really large. Um, topic, subtopics within kind of this broad range of mental health, um, and that's really what we're prepared to do. Some really difficult and complex topics that we think that we can simplify um, and make really digestible through a Christian worldview, and that's, that's our goal through this podcast really is to um, give Christians tools, um, applicable tools to deal with really with very real problems that we experience living in a fallen world, Um, ways of adjusting your thinking so that you're actually looking at psychological issues through a biblical lens rather than a secular lens.
0: Right. So that begs the question, does Christ have anything to say about psychology? You hear all the time that mental health is, you know, you're possessed by demons uh, all the time, though we wouldn't forego the reality of possession in those cases, and they can mess with you Psychologically, definitely, uh, but there are ailments uh, that uh, we do need to consider. PTSD is a very real thing. Depression is a very real thing. Anxiety is a very real thing. Right, right? absolutely.
1: The, I think there's there's this very large gap that exists in kind of popular Christianity um, with with understanding mental health issues. So you know, we've kind of got this historical legacy of attributing any kind of mental health thing to either lack of faith faithfulness right. um or some kind of demonic possession or you know spiritual warfare and again like nick said those things are very real um but there is a lot that happens in between the poles of those two things so Correct. we want to talk about those issues um in a really legitimate and helpful way so
0: and we also have to realize too as well it's all also predicated upon the fact that we are a fallen creature None of this would actually even uh, take place if we weren't fallen. Right. We would have no need of it. Correct. The reason why we have traumas is because there's a curse on the land and there's a curse on man uh, as well. Uh, Through thorns and thistles, we will sweat (laughs) when we labor and bleed. And pregnant women will uh, have a harsh labor (laughs) and they will desire to rule, but they're going to be ruled over. um, Things like that. And yeah, uh, to a fallen creature, we don't like any kind of suffering because it's almost like we we know that there is perfection actually we do know that there is perfection but we can never obtain it right and this is why we want to exhort christians into thinking that way because there is a man that has obtained it um and that is the man jesus christ who is truly man but also truly god who stepped into his creation lived a perfect life and died a death that we deserve Um, but he also lived a life that we can't live we want to model that behavior and then come under him as well uh, because that's the only way we were, that we are reconciled unto God. And when we fall short, we lean on Christ and his righteousness. Um, and man, when you're going through any kind of depression, just knowing that um, is so helpful uh, to have a sound mind. So, right. um, Today, we're going to talk about and we're going to be doing a, a lengthy series on uh, well you probably already guessed it but it's going <laughs> to be the coronavirus right yeah. and that's that that is the staple mark of 2020 right. and so when 20 years from now and somebody asks you man you know what was it like 20 years ago and some young person asks, you're going to think about covid mm-hmm. and you're going to think about all the different reactions from the political side to the mental health side too as well and to see actually how much uh, our world influences our own minds and hearts
1: right So yeah, we thought like, I mean, considering the current cultural, political pandemic climate that we're in, what better place to start our podcast than with COVID-19 and the psychological kind of repercussions of everything that's gone on as a response to uh, this pandemic. Um, For for anybody that's interested in more of like our credentialing, we're going to have all that stuff available for you. Um, online through Facebook and Instagram um, and then ultimately a a website, a couch divided whatever it ends up being (laughs) couchedfighted.com if the
0: lord provides us a a website website, it'll be that (laughs) um but right now it's grassroots and so what you're hearing is grassroots uh and every good podcast has a grassroots movement a grassroots movement so um (laughs) we're we're starting off in the ghetto and hopefully we'll be you know in the hills (laughs) uh, (laughs) right
1: moving from the valleys to the to the hilltops at some point right um so yeah so nick actually before we jump in why don't you tell us a little bit about you and what brings that's you
0: that's the last thing the audience needs <laughs> to hear about no they really want to. that's know. why i'm here they want to know who you, you are you <laughs> need to counsel me and then i can get it no i'm just kidding <laughs> my name is nick thomas i actually uh, became a christian about four and a half years ago um i was a drug addicted sex to ag- a uh, sex addicted failed stand-up comedian so <laughs> if you really want to know about why then that's you know uh you know what's you know what's wrong with nick that's why <laughs> um, <laughs> Christ saved me in a radical way. I was an atheist as well. Um, you know, uh, my conversion was very powerful. Um, uh, the, the, the feels and everything when I confess that Jesus was Lord uh, randomly at one night because I was extremely paranoid, extremely depressed. This is what methamphetamine does to you. And I was actually three weeks sober. And so science actually shows you that you keep that paranoia if you haven't learned what it is. Um, and, um, I, uh, I thought everybody was out to get me. And even so I'm, mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe after three weeks of even being sober, I was still exhibiting, um, symptoms of paranoia and just thought the world was getting, uh, was out to get me. This is because that was a trauma that was produced in my brain in, inside of drug addiction. Well, it's so, so
1: funny too, because I think like one of the things that addicts, when people are operating with addiction And they don't realize is that three weeks Really isn't that long especially if we're gonna like <laughs> Seems
0: like a lifetime when you're recovering <laughs> man to, Absolutely um,
1: but it's like When you ratio out like oh this is I've been Using for however many years yeah, And the time. level of drug use That that was going on oh and Now I've been sober for three weeks why aren't I perfectly yeah, All right yeah, again why, you know why am
0: I not right why am I Crying randomly at a lifetime show This <laughs> why is am crazy I still paranoid But you know, um, so but, uh, you know I, And it was uh, there was a lot of pressure uh, on there there was a trauma in my mind uh, in, uh, that was stapled um, in my mind without going into technical science terms and why that is um, I experienced a lot in that paranoia with drug addiction and I could not shake loose that what I was actually seeing wasn't real it was real and that realness stayed with me uh, for a long time and I had to uh, unravel my brain uh, by yielding to Christ and uh, does this make me qualified in psychology? No, it, it certainly doesn't. Now, that's my degree type. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am trained in new counseling as well. Um, uh, through the cogs of my conversion, um, I became a creature of the word. I devoured it, aspired to be an elder, and uh, not only an elder, but a counseling one. Um, and that is where my heart is and you would say a lot of people after drug addiction want to go and treat people with other drug addictions. Sure. Um, that is not necessarily my passion though that will come along with the uh, the calling that I have on my life um, but it is the um, ontological ailment of what does Christ say about you and your heart what creates these ailments and how are you redeemed and healed and um, Whether it's drug addiction, whether it's depression, um, whether it's just, um, you know, again, the cogs of life, divorce, whatever. What does Christ have to say about this? These all uh, these all play a role in our mind and our hearts. They dictate our actions. Um, God has given us a mind so that uh, we are able to uh, produce actions. But when that mind goes south, our actions uh, go along with it. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell. And there's a, it, it, and speaking in a nutshell, um, <laughs> that's what I was. And I hopefully that I'm, <laughs> that I'm not anymore. Um, it, you see why I was a failed standard comedian? Cause like <laughs> jokes like nutshell don't really, <laughs> don't really play on stage. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um,
1: so g- scripture tells us that we're competent to counsel one, one another, right? So, um, without, Nick having credentialing yet as a counselor, according to what secular psychology or psychologists would argue is required, um, he's definitely more than competent to counsel um, and to, to speak from both personal experience and then training um, about the topics we're going to discuss. Um, my background outside of my d- clinical clinical degree, um, my emphasis has really been in treatment of post-traumatic stress and the various um other depression and anxiety disorders, depressive and anxiety dis- disorders that come along with that. So you'll learn a lot more about us. We plan to be very transparent in this podcast about our own experience, where we come from, how Christ mm-hmm. has transformed us mm-hmm. and is continuing to transform us and sanctify us. Um but I we should jump right in. What do you think? Sure, let's okay. go at COVID. So um COVID-19 uh, what we plan to do over the next at least four episodes, possibly five, is talk to you about, um, first, the, the COVID timeline. Um, when Nick and I sat down and really started to map out what we wanted to talk to you about first, it became very evident to me um, that I really didn't have a good grasp, even though I've been living very present for you know, all of 2020. What actually happened when? Um, you know, and now we're here in um, in middle of December, you guys probably won't be hearing this until the beginning of January. Um, and so much in our world has changed in the last 12 months. It's just kind of crazy. Um, what, what, is that crazy? What well, the tra- millions
0: of voices that go around centered around this politically um, and even from the public square of, of people losing their small businesses, people not having any money, homelessness uh, is going up, um, unemployment is going up. It's hard to even pick where something has started and where right. it has played, right? Uh, because in actuality, and you'll see in the timeline that we started hearing about this in uh, the end of December, or America started implementing things uh, shortly after that of uh, 2019. Yeah, but we forget everything that has happened this year because we are fixated on it now, and we, we don't understand a lot of the times, even though we know this innately, that we forget that the past plays a role in the uh, in the present and the present is going to play a role in the future right Um, and so where did all this start I mean with all the madness today and we're recording this uh, in the second week of December what has happened this year and do we even remember at the beginning of the year
1: so for what we like I said when we sat down I I really didn't so we wanted to give you guys kind of a comprehensive timeline starting all the way back to December of 2019 and up to and including you know where we are currently um, And as we get more current, we'll talk about where we actually live, because Nick and I are in Arizona. So each state has their own specific mandates around what we're supposed to be doing with regards to COVID. Um, I know Arizona is a little bit different than places like California. So um,
0: Yeah, right. We didn't have a harsh Gestapo-like lockdown, but we did experience, uh, along with the rest of the nation, shutting down of businesses, and we all do it just accordingly, kind of like that. Uh, Now, towards the end of the year, everything seems to be open. If somebody wants to lock down, it's kind of their prerogative. Uh, There is mandates with capacity uh, and things like that. Uh, We heard a lot of essential talk, a lot of non-essential talk, like what is essential businesses, what is a not essential businesses. We learned that that was actually a category, the way of thinking, but then when somebody starts a small business, we forgo the fact that, well, it is essential to them um, and that's their businesses and that is their uh, their life. And we just took it away from them. Um, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety can uh, be created around that uh, as well. But now towards the end of the year, it seems to be all alleviating, at least in Arizona. This is not true across the world or even across the United States. The only yeah. thing that we're dealing with now is mass mandates, well, and which ticked there us is off to talk. I
1: know that um, one of the smaller one of the bigger cities in arizona but smaller than phoenix tucson arizona has just implemented or at least last weekend implemented a curfew again right. so we're seeing some some uptake with recent increases in covid numbers um COVID, at least in covid positive cases so but we'll get we'll talk all about that ultimately our goal here is through this timeline to kind of correlate the massive and I mean like statistically significant massive increase in mental health issues that we've seen over the last year we've got some really interesting studies to reference for you guys Um, but the the repercussions of this on the average individuals mental health has just been astronomical Mm -hmm. and um, you know I think each one of you individually without having looked at some of the studies that are even available now would agree with that just how it's impacted you in your own life um but we've actually got some hard data that demonstrates just how devastating this whole thing has been in terms of mental health so um to start the timeline off we first see a statement from the world health organization um on december 31st 2019 so literally the very last day of the year 2019 um so they They put out a statement from Wuhan in the People's Republic of China, um, their Municipal Health Commission's website, That there was a viral uh, pneumonia phenomenon occurring within Wuhan, China. Do you remember hearing about it in December, Nick?
0: No, um, I remember. I remember maps on the TV and saying, "Oh, this is this is what's going on in China," kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, but then my my mind harkened back to the past once again when we had the Zika virus or the H one N one and all those. You remember Mad Cow in ninety in the nineties? I remember that, and I remember. I remember it coming, and people were concerned, but I also remember it being the butt of a joke uh, as well. Rather and not that, that, quickly, yeah. and this is not to say that uh, we should take these things as a joke, but it just it does show you the mind frame of, of at least contemporary Americans at the time of how they viewed these things, because lockdowns yeah. and things like that weren't not even a possibility uh, a, a here, a, at least in North America, that uh, that you would actually do that just because there is um a pandemic or an epidemic of, uh, of some sort uh today it's a, it's a little different
1: right so. i mean at least the, the public was made aware to, aware of i would have to go back and actually look at some of the policy or the discussions that were had around things like zika and um uh h1n1 was that the swine flu something like that okay um anyway so december 31st 2019 We're not going to get into all, everybody knows where the term COVID-19 comes from. 19 is 2019, so we've got our first official statement from the World Health Organization the very last day of the year, New Year's Eve, 2019. So January 5th, 2020, so we're now five days into the new year, the um, World Health Organization or WHO issues its first disease outbreak news report. Um, And this was the first report that contained information about the number of cases and their clinical status, details about Wuhan's response measures, and then a risk assessment and and advice from the from World Health Organization on public health measures. So that's pretty quick. I mean, we're seeing
0: yeah, from December 31st to December 5th, we have news of a novel coronavirus and then we have news of an outbreak now.
1: Oh. Right well I, we're actually yeah so we're actually not we it, it isn't until January 9th that we even call it coronavirus yeah so um, but we know there's some we have whisperings right soft whispering. Yeah, before they
0: called it a viral pneumonia, pneumonia. and, and, and so now we know it's...
1: something's happening but we hadn't uh, uh, directly attributed it to a coronavirus and, and it's
0: important to understand that uh the coronavirus or coronavirus has been around for a long time this is just a particular coronavirus right. um that has been one. found in in, in 2019 right. so when they were talking about viral promote uh uh, uh Pumonia. pneumonia <laughs> like it, it's spelled pneumonia and I don't yeah. even get English uh, so you know uh, viral pneumonia um, they understood it to be a, a corona strand I guess if you want to say it that way uh, but not um, not in itself a novel separated from uh, from all the from others, from any
1: previously yeah. identified coronavirus right so.
0: and that's why they called it the novel coronavirus so right we here.
1: officially call it a novel coronavirus on the 9th of January and on January 11th we have our first reported death from the virus again in Wuhan China mm. um, the 13th of January we have our first reported case of imported coronavirus um, in Thailand so this is the first case that we have documented outside of Wuhan China and that's and i again i it, seem, it, it seems fast, but it really isn't. I mean, you almost would expect to see it even quicker, like same day. Uh, and who knows when it was contracted. But you've got people traveling in and out of China constantly. Yeah,
0: so in a mere two weeks after a report of a, a viral pneumonia, um, you have the first death of what has been now identified as a novel coronavirus. Right. And so they understood it to be a viral pneumonia. Why? Because it does have... Similar symptoms of a viral pneumonia, and, and in fact, uh, very consistent symptoms of a viral pneumonia. Uh, but that's neither here or there. Now they have a separate disease. Now, two weeks later, after the first report, you have one death. Right. Uh, that was reported. Our first official death, right? And that's actually when <clears throat> th- it started making news too, as well. Now a lot of the uh, diseases have started in China. Um. Um. Over the past years, and we recognize this too as well. It wasn't anything new to us. What we saw it. Uh, there's always been news reported on 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 new viruses that are spreading and that are affecting people, and then people are dying from it. We've seen this in the past. It's really, really from December 31st right now, and you'll see this even going on. Nothing really new in the ways of pandemic or epidemic at this time. Um. Is is being brought to us. Right. Well, we're not panicking yet. Nobody's
1: not... calling it an epidemic. Yeah. Nobody's calling it a pandemic. We have identified that there's a virus, an emo- like an an, an ammonial virus yes. occurring. Um but
0: a pomonial.
1: <laughs> there's that stand-up comedian again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we recognize that that this is happening, but we are not calling it it's not it hasn't grown in in remote it has not grown remotely to like pandemic epidemic proportions. So January 14th and um I'm going to read specifically from the World Health Organization. They have this this nifty timeline that you can look up online and actually see um political, scientific, um media different like goal signposts mm-hmm. throughout the last year. Um so they they held a press conference um and this was one of the first things that they said about The virus Um, and it's So interesting to me because we've watched this Morph and change and there's so Much bad good Science around this nobody can agree Um, But in this first Press briefing they held that and this Was based on their experience with the respiratory Pathogens that they're Associating with Corona the coronavirus And other respiratory ailments Like pneumonia that the potential For human to human transmission Within the 41 confirmed Cases within China So this is what they have to say about that, that it's certainly possible that there is limited human to human transmission. (laughs)
0: So that's January 14th. So now from December 31st, from a a viral pneumonia outbreak to uh, a death report of the 13th and then uh, a conclusion of that on the 14th saying, there is limited human to human transmission so you see at the, the start of it you see where they're beginning with it and if you're listening to us now you know where they ended with it but let's let's fill to the, so the
1: who actually tweets that part of their preliminary investigation uh-huh. part of the preliminary investigation by Chinese authorities is saying that there has been found listen to this no clear evidence of human to human transmission which seems Absolutely ludicrous, considering what's happened to our world economy. In essentially, like the propaganda that, like, would come later through the timeline, which is, you can't even be within six feet of each other, right? Because if you are, you're gonna pass, whether you're asymptomatic or not, this deadly disease onto everybody. Yeah, and this you. is
0: predicated upon the fact that you will get it, 100% will right. get it. And if that doesn't create fear in somebody. Then I don't know what right. else so I we will. went so
1: so again, January fourteenth, two thousand twenty, the WHO is saying there is no clear evidence of human to human transmission.
0: Right. And we have to understand on January fourteenth there hasn't been a lot of studies or tests done. Right. So we can give them the benefit of the doubt on here that they don't know.
1: Right. Uh, but there's they, been an evolution since exactly. this point.
0: Now, they do know what a coronavirus is, and they also know what a viral pneumonia is, too, as well. So one can come to the conclusion that if you're sick, you can spread it. Right, um, they're
1: drawing inference on what they right. like, what you know, what they know already about respiratory pathogens. Um, so but this is it's important for us to stress this because the organizations that we are looking to to give us information about this, they have changed their minds. From so, the beginning, so many times. So it's you, like if you're taking what these, like the CDC, the World Health Organization, what they say is gospel truth, you've got the wrong gospel.
0: Right, and so you know their empirical evidences um, are not perfect. They no. even claim that they're not perfect. And at
1: this point, we're basing it off as of January. What was I say? The fourteenth. As of January fourteenth, forty-one confirmed cases in the People's Republic. So. An extremely small sample size Yeah,
0: and we'll go further into God's law and what he would say something about this but let's continue down the line um, and then start to slice this up with the word
1: okay so let's see we've got January 19th um, the Western Pacific Regional Office which is a, a, de- a department within the World Health Organization tweeted that according to latest information um there was evidence of limited to limited human to human transmission so that's that's the who organization excuse me the world health organization confirming what chinese investigators were claiming on the 14th yes essentially um so january 20th and 21st 2020 first mission to wuhan um, By the World Health Organization And so individuals from who Met with public officials to learn about The response to the cluster Of uh, novel coronavirus cases So we're what 21 days now 22 days essentially in from first Learning about the phenomenon And now we've got our first team going to Wuhan To kind of collaborate with um, Chinese physicians
0: Yeah and so we have the, from the 14th uh, It is certainly possible that there Is limited Human to human contact, but from the fir- uh, f- uh, the 14th now uh, to the 21st, um, they're saying at least some human to human transmission, right. and that infections among healthcare workers strengthen the evidence for this. Now, if you're dealing with any virus disease, this is the conclusion that you come up to, right? Because this is a, there's a reason why doctors wear masks right. and if things like that is because they know that the potential because they're working so close to somebody that is infected. They need to have these kinds right. of things who, and that's the key word because they're working with somebody infected, but go right. on. Yeah.
1: So, um, as of January 21st, we have our first confirmed case of coronavirus in the United States. And that was in Washington state. <clears throat> um, the, the 20, again, what Nick was saying that on the 21st of January, we are confer the who is now confirming that there's at least some human to human transmission. I think it's important too, that we, we clarify that. Um, uh, there is there is limited information at this point in the timeline about how else the virus is spread. Right. So when we specify human to human transmission, what we're also saying is we don't know if and you'll you'll have heard this too in different various news reports and how this has kind of evolved over the last year is this airborne how you know how is how else is this spread is it spread through food that kind of thing Yeah, are we
0: living in chernobyl that's basically what we're alluding to so
1: um human to human transmission the idea here is how else is it spread because there's kind of a baseline understanding that of course people are going to spread it to other people right um let's see you want to take the 22nd and 23rd Nick
0: uh sure yeah okay so on the 22nd we have the who organization you know the who either reminds me of a band or zach Morgan's haircut that's it's one of those two things oh,
1: that's so funny, I, I was thinking like whoville like, <laughs> we're coming into christmas. it is it is around christmas time yeah, yeah. uh no uh who I the, Grinch on the, brand.
0: <laughs> the the who it's a good band uh mm-hmm. though they have long hair like zach morgan i mean i'm just saying you know uh, who issues uh, World Health Organization issues a statement Saying that evidence suggests Human to human transmission in Wuhan But that more information was needed To understand the full extent Of the transmission uh, That is how That is how uh, So if there is human to human transmission What is the extent of that? How do humans spread Right?
1: That? Is it by coughing on each other? Do you have to touch another human being? We just don't know enough about it at this point So we're still not even thirty days in. And I don't know about you, Nick. I don't remember hearing about this virus, really hearing about it until February. Like I, I like I don't even remember it being on my radar. You know like conscious radar yet
0: again just you know just using my visual memory i remember seeing maps on the on the on the and local you news
1: that, you remember that as far back as january yeah and
0: i remember talks that it could spread to other countries and things like that yeah um, and so we're getting ready to actually start talking about uh what trump has done in the um uh, in the in the in the shutdowns and the travel bans
1: right Um,
0: right. because it capitalized on that but just that this is the 22nd now uh the through the 22nd and the 23rd the world health uh, organization director general convened uh an emergency committee um, regarding the outbreak of the uh, coronavirus, and I think that's where you start to seeing the news because now they're starting to have committee meetings, they're starting to put together teams uh, already. Uh, this, uh, this emergency committee it was compromised of 15 independent experts from around the world. So now you have the world, Involved in this and I don't know what they mean By experts around the world There's only 15 of them Yeah, There's <laughs> so a very limited Amount of experts around the world uh-huh. Of course Fauci is going to be one of these And I'm not sure if he was uh, in uh, On that emergency co- uh, committee Directed by the who but we all know The expert here right. yeah. is Dr. Fauci and I'm not going to be Even begin to talk about this guy's personality Character and his flip floppy Ways and yeah. I think I just did um, <laughs> But that's That's the guy, at least here in North America. And, you know, he gets the People's Choice Awards and I don't know, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, But um, but so now we have 15 individuals who claim to be experts around the world and uh, uh, and was charged with advising the director general (laughs) as to whether the outbreak uh, constituted a public health emergency. So 15 experts around the world are going to determine whether or not you're in a dire situation or not. Right. So and that's it, just January 22nd.
1: Right. So. It's a, which is, you know, and I, I don't think either one of us are arguing that you need 100 experts to make this determination. It, that would be very unrealistic. Um, But this so this committee is convened, but they are unable to even reach a conclusion as of January 22nd based on the information that's available. So <clears throat> we know that there's a virus. We know that it is spreading, but we don't have enough information at this point to say whether it's even a public health emergency but wait there's more <laughs> Go on. um so as of january 24th 2020 france reports its first three cases of the novel coronavirus january 22nd arizona reports it's firm confirmed its first confirmed case i, I
0: remember that day too as well i was sitting in class and it would it came at like ASU. Somebody had it over in ASU or something like that. Oh, and really? the my professor um, um, pulled their kid out of school. Like, imagine being in college and all of a sudden your mom goes, "You gotta come home." <laughs> like, like you, you just graduated high school. You're living in a dorm. You're free from your mom, and she goes, "Come back home or what?" You're grounded, I guess. I mean, so yeah.
1: like, we're joking about it, but that's actually happened again because the like Arizona State University specifically had opened up a little bit. Um, once the new semester started in August, and now we're seeing parents remove their their students again from th- universities.
0: This is also where I started seeing a little bit more public talk if anybody who knows me i love cigars and i go and i attend a cigar lounge and i remember talking to the waitress there and she could not all, all of a sudden you know this is january twenty sixth. she goes oh have you seen that movie contagion and, and i'm like yeah i was like i don't know if matt damon has anything to do with the coronavirus other than bad acting but i'm just sorry i actually like Matt damon but it's just matt you know.
1: damon and contagion
0: yeah yeah he's uh, it's, uh, a uh, it's a it's a Soderbergh movie uh, okay. uh, and so uh, the same guy that did uh, you know oceans and things like that oh, gotcha. uh, the oceans movies uh, but uh, and it was actually a really good movie and actually you know if you have the time to watch that movie and you can see all the political atmosphere the panic atmosphere and then you find out it comes from a bat, and then it goes away, uh, kind of thing like that. Uh, this is a little bit more intricate, uh, a little bit more detailed. Uh, obviously, container just broad strokes it. Uh, but I remember now my first experience with public panic, and it was. That waitress. You know oh, what okay. I mean? And that was all the way back in January. That Indiana was January 26th.
1: Okay. Interesting. Um, so uh, I was in the middle of planning my wedding at this yeah, point last year. Go. Um, So I was a little distracted, which I probably makes me um, not the person to ask about what was immediately happening within the media at that point. Um, right. But I'm glad that you have that clear date memory because I don't, like I said, I, re- I don't remember hearing, really hearing panic start to ensue about this oh. until February. Yeah.
0: and. You know, I remember speaking to I mean, any chance to speak the word of God in there? And I'm like, no one is saying that you won't don't want to be cautious, that you yeah. don't want to wash your hands or that you are like, hey, what's going All on stuff out here? You
1: should have been doing beforehand. But her
0: immediate thought was this. I learned something from contagion <laughs> <laughs> and I should be worried. Yeah, I'd Now, worried. what is a Christian do in this time? I learned something about Jesus. What? Uh, should I be doing and actually I want to mention this here too as well Jesus is on his way to the death is right before his high priestly prayer that uh, John uh, writes in chapter 17 but in verse 16 just the chapter before that he says behold the hour is coming indeed it has it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone this is when God strikes the shepherd and the sheep will scatter this is a prophecy fulfilled in Zechariah But he goes, yet I am not alone, for the Father was with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And we plaster this verse on every single coffee cup in the world. We don't realize that he was actually predicating this upon a fulfilled prophecy. But also he gives us encouragement. I'm going to, I'm suffering, first of all, in your place. Right. Know that the Father is with me, so that he may be with you. You will suffer in this world, but take heart, I have overcome this world. That was actually giving me a sound mind so that I can actually think rightly about the coronavirus without panicking. Right. But this woman only had contagion, so I don't know what...
1: (laughs) When your scripture is contagion, like the actual scripture contagion, you're in trouble. Yeah, when your word
0: that you're trying to be sanctified is a bad Matt Damon movie, then uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: um okay so um january 26th arizona reports its first confirmed case nick has his conversation with the waitress at the cigar bar um <laughs> is that what we want to pump i, I the think that's, a line. Good, that's, like, that's an all right like, <laughs> signpost for us um as of the 27th of january arizona actually activated its health emergency operations center um the 30th uh president trump declares the coronavirus um a problem i can't remember exactly what the words were yeah
0: and at this time now we're starting to get into the political atmosphere i believe that trump did the right thing uh, mm. on here and uh believe me i'm not the hugest trump fan but i am a conservative and, and i don't want to talk about the politics that happened later on this year but this is when you start seeing the political voices is because it was at this time that when there was a battle even between trump doing this mm. the left did not like the right doing this mm-hmm. um but trump capitalizes on it on starting on um, the the thirtieth, uh, where he declares the novel coronavirus outbreak uh, a public health emergency, where the director general did, and because of that, Trump listened and started uh locking down uh bans Well, on Trump there.
1: responds to that and he essentially he affirms that that this is a public health emergency we need to be aware of what's going on and there's potentially changes that we're going to have to make
0: yes and we're going to start seeing the again the travel bans coming here shortly Go right ahead. so
1: our first travel ban is january 31st 2020 he suspends entry into the united states by any aliens um who were present within the people's Republic of China within the preceding 14 days. So that uh, he this he made this um, travel ban on the 31st. It went into effect on February 2nd, Uh, the February 11th. The World Health Organization announces that the disease um, caused by this new this novel coronavirus would officially be named covid 19. So coronavirus 2019 February 16th. Again, so we are what now, a month and a half essentially in?
0: About a month and a half. uh, So from December 31st the 16th of February we start hearing uh, talks about outbreak Uh, we have now a novel coronavirus we have a first death we have a waitress that loves contagion (laughs) and uh, Arizona's got it France has got it it's hit the United States it's hit some European countries Uh, they've uh, declared it a public emergency Uh, Trump acknowledged is that uh, emergency which I'm glad he did Um, and now we're to the, uh, the 16th where um, well, we're going to start to uh, uh, seeing uh, measures being taken uh, right. So, else, we're, so So
1: now we're really um, not the, the, that we don't have these panels trying to study just how serious this disease is up until this point we do. But this is when our first joint mission um, begins to assess the tra- transition dynamics, nature and impact of what China has done with regard to controlling the control measures that they've taken. Um, and we've got teams now making visits to Beijing, um, Sichuan, Wuhan to try and really get like a feel for what's actually happening here with the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. You want to take twenty fourth?
0: Yeah, I'll take the uh, the twenty fourth. So this is actually a big deal right here. So the team leaders of the uh, the World Health Organization uh, China, uh, joint missioned on uh, COVID nineteen, held a press conference. And when they hold a press conference, and it's already been declared a national emergency, it's something that people are going to tune into. It's definitely going to make uh, the news. They're reporting on the main findings of this. So-called mission that they that they have here. The mission warned that much of the global community is not uh, yet ready in mindset. OK, so this plays a big deal here right? in mindset and material uh, materially to implement the measures that have been employed to contain COVID-19 in China. So they already analyzed the world and the things that they want to do. Uh, the, the general public is not ready for uh, yet. And right. so they continue on the mission stressed that to reduce COVID-19 illness and death near term readiness planning must embrace the large scale of uh, the large scale implementation of high quality non pharmaceutical public health measures such as case uh, detection and isolation, contact tracing and monitoring, quarantining and community uh, engagement. So because they've declared it a public national emergency, it's hit more than one country. They can declare it a pandemic at this point. They're already now saying this is just in February, right? And this is when everybody and, and, and it hasn't the lockdowns or anything like that hasn't hit America yet or really anybody else because they're saying that, you know, Nobody's really ready uh, for this yet. So I
1: think I think what they're saying I think here is that like they, so they travel to Wuhan and they see that what they're implementing are isolation, distancing measures. Yeah. Um, they're saying that the rest of the world doesn't have the facility at this point to handle the disease. Like we don't have those measures in place, and essentially yes. that we're not ready to have those measures in place. Um, yeah, we're
0: not ready, and I mean strictly says right here uh much of the global community is not yet ready in mindset and materially so what you just what you just said is exactly the material uh part of that but then mindset we're not ready for it right right we're not ready for it it's not that we can't handle it or anything like that we're just like we're not ready it just blindsided us it's it's like a quarterback who did not see the blitz coming kind
1: of thing any sports reference you make you're gonna have to explain to me Yeah, I I know. I I mean, you know,
0: and condemn me if I do enough (laughs) pastors do it already. Um, Major recommendations were developed for the People's Republic of China, Uh, countries with uh, imported cases and or outbreaks of COVID-19, uninfected uh, countries, the public uh, and the international community. For example, in in addition uh, to the above, countries with imported cases and or outbreaks were recommended to immediately activate the highest level of national response management protocols to ensure that all of government and all of society approach uh, needed um, have the approach needed to contain uh, COVID-19 they declare that success was presented as a dependent on fast decision-making by top leaders remember those top leaders of the 15 independent uh, people (laughs) they got for the community Uh, and so uh, (laughs) and I keep I keep poking in on that you're right that you know 100 is too much 15 I don't know where they pluck these guys out of (laughs) Operational uh, thoroughness uh, by Public health systems and uh, Societal engagement so these top leaders Are involved in that Uh, in addition to The uh, to the mission press conference uh, World Health uh, Organization published Operational consideration for managing COVID-19 cases and outbreaks On board ships following the Outbreak of COVID-19 during An international uh, voyage (laughs) So Um, That's a lot to handle you want to interpret that (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, I think essentially here um, what this press conference is saying is that the world isn't ready in mindset or material. We don't have the resources at hand to handle to handle this disease Um, and that success was ultimately going to be predicated upon the world leaders like not not these 15 people that were part of the original the, the original team, but like President Trump. The prime minister in both great britain and canada like our world political leaders to make fast decisions about how to handle the disease Mm. and this is where we start to really see in the united states anyway um a lot more of division occur between our bipartisan system right in the left and the right Uh, we seek criticism immediately towards the trump administration for how they're handling it thus far and again we're not even two full months Into this yet
0: Right and this is really the political talk Between uh, whether or not We want individual and sovereign um, uh, Nations to make Their own decisions or do we want Globalism or do we want one Defined voice that all um uh, uh, that everybody has to uh, react to um i think that we went through the individual route every every country was going to listen to the experts and then uh, act accordingly kind of thing and that's what we started doing is we started listening to the experts right uh, around this time my household started getting a little flustered okay because we did not know well me myself you know i was going to continue to go to church and live my life mm-hmm. uh but the uh but my family around me um had really tough time grasping whether or not they could even leave right or they should uh kind of thing
1: so i think it's really yeah. important that we t- we talk about this because so even in your personal life mm-hmm. you're now dealing with the direct effects of panic like the direct effects of panic right. um and i think that this is fair i i think that at this point in the game we really have no idea what we're what we're dealing with is this ebola like if i come in contact with this am i going to 95 percent of the time am i going to die yeah we really don't know at this point at least the average american doesn't know at this point what's going to go on so um i think to have somewhat of a like you know a fear response based on the unknown or the mystery of this is fair at least at this point in the game
0: and there is much much um uh, to discuss uh, uh, around this because a lot of that and we see is it, it, it really a lot of this is a normal reaction right um maybe i'm not scared but i do need to be cautious and because i don't know what i'm looking at i may be uh cautious over cautious maybe if, if that's a, a fair thing and then tensions start to get high because when you determine in your own heart what you're going to do and somebody goes no don't do that um well, things start to get a little flustered. That's what it was like uh, in my family too as well. And I'm okay. like, listen, listen. if you're healthy, go and live your life. Right. God has given you this life. Don't um, uh, transgress over anybody else and, 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 and take what they have away from them, um, especially their sovereign freedom to live. Uh, but then also go ahead and determine in your heart what you wanna do about this and follow it. And if anything that's done in, uh, not uh, done in faith, it is a sin um, uh, to that person at this time. It's okay to think about such things. Sure. Whether or not, really, should I leave or not? Uh, kind of thing. If you're healthy, go ahead and leave. If you're not, stay home. However, we don't know if it's like, like I said earlier, like you said, just Ebola. We don't know if this is Chernobyl. The, the
1: average American at this point does not um, really just doesn't understand what we're dealing with yet. So. To have, you know, your individual households start to panic, I think, makes some sense. Now, we're going to spend a lot more time in later part of this series discussing how, as a Christian, you don't ever have to go to that place of panic. Right. But I think that it's fair for us to say that, you know, the general public at this point not understanding what we're looking at definitely incited some fear
0: right and, and it's a good spot to wrap up um right now and we'll we'll continue to dis- this discussion in the next podcast mm-hmm. but th- that's that's a good point to to leave off is it, is it now how is this now at this time if you can remember how was this affecting your life predicated upon the information that you have right. and is, it, what does god's word say about this situation and has it changed since um, uh, uh, since December, does God's words change is your mentality's changed? Right. How should you be handling this? What should you be considering regardless of what is going on? Right. Um, and so d- dwell on that before you start listening to the next podcast. What was it like for you at the beginning of 2020 right. as opposed to now? Right. Um, have you reconciled your actions uh, unto God. Uh, do you have uh, a sound mind and discipline uh, in Jesus as he exhorts Titus um, to do so and uh, Chapters 1 and 2 uh, he keeps really reiterating that uh, that standpoint of having self-control and discipline um, and so we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, thank you for listening to this first episode. Um, if uh, if you like it, please like and describe uh, and subscribe and, yeah. and share uh, and like and describe. Go ahead and describe it you as well. <laughs> like and subscribe and share. Um, yeah, so and- tell
1: your friends and family about us. We like we can't do this without you. Um, so we we welcome and appreciate all your support and hope that this will ultimately bless. Anybody that it comes in contact with, um, but come back tomorrow and we'll keep on talking through the timeline.
0: For sure. And as always, take heart. He has overcome the world.